Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you, sitting alongside the fan phenom winner, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Larry Flores on the ones and twos. Appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday evening in the Metroplex. You can always get involved on the truckwreck.com text line by texting in 877-881-1053. That number is 877-881-1053. Also, shout out to everybody hanging out with us uh, in the YouTube lounge. They've been awesome. They've been awesome. And on the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam, where they ask you, Blake, so y'all just sit and stare into each other's eyes while not talking while listening to an album? Is that how that goes? Um, So, no, it's I told you, it's feedback. It's going back and forth like, did you hear that bar? And then I, I'm I'm the I'm the friend who runs the bar back. I'm yeah. that guy. I'm like, nah, you didn't really oh, hear you, it. You, you're the one who keeps, you're the funk flex. You're not going to let us get to this end of the, <laughs> no. end of the song. You're like, I got to start that one over. I'm like, let's, let's start, start it over. over. Did you hear that? I'm that guy for sure. This one. We all, Nah, I zoned out for a little bit. And you was talking, so we got to go back. If to someone the, talks, we're pausing and rewinding. That's me. It must take y'all 13 hours to get through an album. That's yes, crazy. Sir. Especially if it's Drizzy. Oh, yeah, we're running about a couple times. Okay, very good. Uh, as we were talking about last segment, um, you know, what do you like to do with the homies? Uh, from the 469, they mentioned Drunk Jenga. Drunk Giant Jenga, mind you. That's, that could be a vibe. That I could mean, be a Giant vibe. Jenga in general, but I imagine you mess with the motor skills with, uh, with a little, <laughs> bit of that, uh, little bit of that toxin. You know, it gets to a certain place. People are yelling at each other. <laughs> and then uh, someone said, check out the Balcony Club in Lakewood if you're looking for an old school jazz bar. Okay. okay. I might have to write that one down as well. We appreciate you guys um, kicking it with us and being interactive on this Friday night. However, uh, it is a Friday night, which means we're going into week 11 of the NFL. And you know what it is. We are going to get into some bold predictions for this week, shout out to CBS Sports and NFL for their bowl predictions. Send in your bowl predictions if you have any for this week. I know sometimes folks do. Um, now, Blake, I want you to kind of gauge how bold these are for me. Can you do that for me? Yes, sir, uh, very, I can. Very good. We start with CBS Sports. This is all done by Grant Pottle. And um, he lets us know that he believes the Brown will be, Browns will beat the Steelers by multiple scores in DTR's second career start. He doesn't. Th- he, he understands. He understand Deshaun Watson is not there, and it do not matter, according to him. He said, following the season injury to Deshaun Watson, the Browns are turning to fifth-round rookie DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, to make his second career start in Week 11 against the Steelers. He threw for 121 yards and, and was intercepted not once, not twice, but thrice in a 28-3 loss against the Ravens in Week 4. However, the Browns will still end up beating the Steelers by multiple scores, he says, according, uh, 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 thanks to, rather, 
Miles Garrett in that defense, right? They are number one total defense in the league. They have allowed two twenty or 242.7 yards per game, and that's the fewest total yards per game allowed since the Steelers of 2008 who ended up winning the Super Bowl. And so uh, that Pittsburgh team had the defensive player of the year, James Harrison. You see the, you see the uh, correlation see of Miles Garrett? See it. So he looks at that and he goes, this Browns defense, good enough to win games by themselves. And they will do so against the Steelers. How how, how bold are you feeling on that one? So it's that's kind of an interesting take. As far as bold, I don't think it's bold that they win the game. Really, multiple touchdowns is what gets me because I do okay. believe this defense is good enough, and the Steelers' offense is hard TV to watch. Hard, hard, hard TV to watch. So I think the Browns' defense will keep this competitive. If I saw this score being 17-16 Browns win, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, if they win multiple touchdowns and put up 25-plus points, then I would be surprised. I am a very big believer in DTR being that guy and coming into himself, and I think he will be more than actual serviceable. But let's not act like the Steelers' defense is a slouch either. They got a lot of guys that can get to the get to the quarterback over there. So they're going to make it hard on DTR. Multiple scores is crazy. I, I see this going like 20 to 17. Honestly, you could pick either team. I don't hate the Browns pick, but I I, I would imagine that the Steelers defense is going to give DTR some fits. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, as we continue to give you the bold predictions for week 11 in the National Football League, you look up and down the schedule, there's a few games that are really interesting. Obviously, we had the Thursday night game that was a really good matchup. I imagine Seahawks-Rams is one that you could look at and be excited about. Depending on how you feel defense, that Brown-Steelers games that we mentioned. However, we go to NFL.com where Matt Okada says, in a twist of fate, and that absolutely no one saw coming, the Cardinals and Texans will be the most exciting game of the week. I do not hate that. You got two of the young, I don't want to say young, two great rising stars in CJ, and then obviously Kyler coming back has already proven to be that guy, but has to kind of reprove himself off injury. That's, that's why I'm going to have my eyes on the 12 o'clock game, having that one up, as well as the Cowboys, because I'd love to see if C.J. Stroud can keep this MVP campaign up and putting up one of the best rookie years we've ever seen, as we talked about in this program multiple times. So I will definitely have my eyes on that one. I'm looking let, through let, all the games. That's, let, me, let me add something to, to well, here. Let me talk to me. Talk to the me. The prediction here, he predicts that it'll be a back-and-forth overtime nail-biter in which the two quarterbacks will combine, forget this, 750 total yards and seven touchdowns. I don't hate it. Uh, the Texans' defense is usually pretty serviceable, pretty good. I like what they're doing over there. And Kyler plays like a monster when he is in Texas, so I see where he's coming from. And I don't think C.J. Stroud's slowing down anytime soon, especially because that Cardinals' defense is not great. So, seven, what do you say, 720, 700-plus yards? 750 total yards, so passing, between rushing, the both, between, between the, both, the both of them. I can see it. I don't even think that's a bold take, to be honest. I think this is going to be a shootout, and C.J. Seven and K- touchdowns is where it gets a little spicy. Four from K, four from C.J., three from K1, but they're out. they don't have Noah Brown. I can see it happening. I don't think that's that bold, and I want it to happen. Okay, well, how about this from Kenneth Randall on the YouTube, who says his bold prediction for this game is that the Cardinals win by two scores against the Texans. Now, how bold is that? Are we serious? Look, man, it's bold. It's time to be bold. I know. that That is really bold. But see, also, they do got K1 back, so they're a different team than their record proves. K1 is a difference maker. I do not see them beating the Texans, let alone by, what would you say, two touchdowns? Two touchdowns. Yeah, that's two n- scores, they said. So, I mean, it could be like 10. I don't you know? see that happening. No, I don't. If, if the Texans were to lose, it'll be a last second field goal. There's no way 
that this Texans team loses by two scores, and you can take that to the bank. Okay, all right. If look, I'm wrong, I, I'm going to feel real stupid. Look, man, ain't, no, ain't nobody really checking you on that, to be honest. It'll be good. Um, we could keep it going in our bold predictions for week 11. Now, this is not a bold prediction for week 11. This is just kind of a bold prediction in general uh, from the 901 on the tr- on the text line that says Dobbs is going to have a better career than Murray. I'm guessing Josh Dobbs better career than Kyler Murray is what they're going for. And I, I don't I as far as narrative and feel good story. Yeah. But as far as like <laughs> stats, stats is a different thing. Yeah. I mean, he's the passionate and I love him and I tune in every time he's playing football. But. Come on now. Yeah, I I can't I can't co-sign that. However, look, man, I appreciate the attempt to be bold. How about this for bold from CBS Sports? They say that Jordan Love will snap his Packers streak, the Packers streak of twenty-seven straight games without three hundred plus passing yards. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Packers' first season without future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers has been a struggle this year. Green Bay's three and six, and they've lost five of their last six games after starting two and one. Uh, Jordan Love kind of. Turned over the Simmered ball a little down. bit. Simmered Nine down interceptions. Sure. Uh, however, they're playing the Chargers this yeah, year. Yeah, and that's exactly where Lambeau. I was going. <laughs> um, so 300-plus passing yards uh, against the the Chargers for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. How you feeling? Um, I feel great. Kind of like what you just alluded to. They're playing the Chargers who, if you watch the Lions game, Lions scored 41 on them. I, will he get 300 yards on the mark? I mean, I could see him with like 290, 285. So no, you're you're not feeling that the streak gets broken for the Packers, which honestly is the longest uh, streak game streak without throwing 300 or more yards. The Chargers are bad on defense, especially in that secondary. Even though they got some guys that we know their names, but they can't stop a cold out there. So, so you don't see an up and down game where the offense is kind of having. I honestly do. I just don't believe in Jordan Love. But wow, I, I, I'm just, that's I'm just, tough. He he simmered down. I mean, I I think they they really wanted him to be the guy that he was in the first four weeks, and unfortunately, he's kind of shown that he's maybe not that guy. But if there's one week to turn it around, it's against the Chargers defense. That's for sure. All right. Let's bring it to a bold prediction for your Dallas Cowboys. How about that? Let's hear it. All right, so this comes from uh, Michael Florio of NFL.com. Good guy, good guy. Um, He says that, makes note of, rather, that Tony Pollard hasn't scored since week one. That is correct. Most touches of any player with two touchdowns or fewer this season does Tony Pollard have. So the Cowboys are going to look to get Pollard going against the Panthers, who have allowed the most rushing touchdowns and the fourth most receiving touchdowns to running backs in 2023. And with all that being the case, that means that Tony Pollard's going to make up for the last month by breaking out of his slump with a three-touchdown day. I thought you were about to say 300 yards. I'm going to say that is bold. Three-touchdown game, I'm going to say no. You don't, you, that's I, it's too bold. bold. It's too bold for you? It's bold for sure, but I think he gets uh, – I, I could see him getting in twice and Rico getting in once. I don't even think he – Nah, I don't think it happens. What do you think, Reg? Do you think he gets in three times? The tough thing about it is that I think it would have to be like some big bursts. Yeah. Because uh, I, I imagine you get in the red zone, maybe he runs in one. I could see an instance where, you know, Dak uses his legs or, I mean, they, they like throwing the ball to that tight end. I was just going to say, the they love zone. Fergie in the There's red zone. There's a lot of options that they seem to be able to go to. But if they're running the ball and toning the ball well enough, maybe, just maybe, Tony Pollard does have the opportunity to take advantage of these poor Carolina Panthers. So If that's the game plan, I think he can do it. Like, he's got the ability. Don't get me wrong. I'm, big, I'm a big TP fan. I just don't think, like Reg just said, they got so many different guys that can score. Fergie in the red zone, Cooks, Lamb. We even saw Gallup get going. So I just don't think. 
Has has any Cowboy had three plus touchdowns in one game this year? I don't believe so. So I don't know why TP would be the first one. Correct me if I'm wrong. I guess the idea being maybe they they try and establish the run, and then also you look up against the opponent and you yeah. you put those two things together. And maybe that have that that opportunity. It'll be fun to watch, especially if he does do that. I'd love for it to. That'd be fun when it comes to narratives and to see kind of how what that does for this team. Should he manage to reach pay dirt three times? Uh, how about this? As we continue to give you bold predictions for Week 11 in the National Football League. Uh, you familiar with Joshua Dobbs? Very good. Joshua Dobbs, uh, I don't know, I'd agree with very good. But he's, oh, I love him. He's handling, he's handling the business that he needs to handle. And um, the prediction here is that he stays hot as the Vikings are going to face off against the 4-5 and five Broncos. And if they can manage to get a win, Minnesota would become just the first team since 2011 where the Denver Broncos, Tim Tebow and the Denver Broncos, won five games in a row without being favored in any of them. Obviously, that's the situation that the Vikings face here as a possibility uh, as another underdog this this week. Um, and so they would have an opportunity to win six in a row while being an underdog if they can defeat the, uh, the Denver Broncos. And that's indeed what CBS Sports is saying will happen as the Broncos are a two-and-a-half-point favorite as of today. Um, how bold do you think that one is? Um, I don't, CBS got to step it up with the boldness. I don't think that's bold, Ooh. man. Have they been watching the games? The Passionauts been hooping. Oh. And the team is around them. Jay Jettas might come back this week. He's been kind of in and out of practice. So keeping a monitor on that, I, I think they win. I mean, like we already said earlier in the show that the Broncos are trending in the right direction. But if I had to pick a team, man, there's something special going on down there in Minnesota. So, yeah. I think I think they win. I I would pick them personally. Another bold prediction from our YouTube channel, where Kenneth Randall says the bold prediction is the Eagles secondary will have two picks against Patrick Mahomes on Monday night. We'll talk more about that on Monday uh, when you'll get some get right um, during that Monday night football game. Um, but how about this from Marcus Grant of NFL.com, who says uh, with two two recent trends will collide in Week 11. The Niners' offense has featured George Kittle more downfield as of late. And the Buccaneers' defense has struggled against pass-catching tight ends. Those things collide and come together, and that means George Kittle hits 100 yards for the third straight game. Bold, not bold? How do you feel about that one? I feel like that's a fair take. This person knows what they're talking about. I think George Kittle does do it. I mean, he's been kind of a underlying monster of that team. Brock Purdy's really been looking to him, especially with the down-the-field targets and the Bucks defense has been a little subpar this year. So I could see my boy Kittle, as long as he's not raising the shirt with the little, you know what it said on the shirt when he played Dallas. He can do that to every other team except for when he comes back to D-Town. So I think it happens. I think he gets him a little little 100 bucks. This is interesting. From the 817, they said, so does that mean Josh Dobbs is Tebow reincarnate? And you know what? Mm, food for thought. Not, I mean, it's not entirely unreasonable because here's the thing, right? Tim Tebow, we was doing um, – and. I'm not going to use the word we because that's not fair. I was not doing this nonsense, but there was a lot of y'all out here doing this nonsense. So he's a winner. And you looked at him, and you're like, he's not that good. Um, and Josh Dobbs, the tough thing about it is like what you can see the scrambling and those types of things that he's able to bring. And that's clearly useful. He's not a great NFL quarterback by any means. And I don't say that to like denigrate him or anything, but he's clearly utilizing. He has an understanding of when to go. And he's utilizing his ability to move to be, uh, you know, really make it tough on other teams. And so 
in that way, the idea that, oh, man, Josh Dobbs is out here winning it by himself. Not No, not by no. himself. Um, and so in that way, I might say that he's akin to Tebow. It might just be unfair to him to call, to completely compare him to Tim Tebow. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, one more before we go. As CBS Sports says that the Rams upset the Seahawks in week one, 30 to 13. Uh, Seattle was a, uh, look, man, the Seattle's looked pretty good this year. And Matthew Stafford has been missing some games with a thumb injury. They say that Matt Stafford is going to come back into this game and help the Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks. How you feel about that one? Bold, not bold? Yeah, CBS has got to step it up with the boldness. I mean, I don't say these are like the most wild. T- I thought I was going to say like the Patriots are going to win a game or something. But yeah, do the Rams beat the Seahawks? Seahawks got a nice defense. Love that boy Spoon over there. Who, Devin Winsman? Yeah. And Puka has kind of been up and down. Like he was like easily the most exciting uh, rookie receiver early in the season. And we got Cooper Cup getting back in the fold. I'm more interested to see just kind of how it plays out. I think the Seahawks win. So I guess it would be bold that if the Rams were to pull off a win. Uh, bold bold rating, I'd say like a five. Okay. All right. Out of out of five? or Out of ten. Okay, very good. Um, and those are some of our bold predictions or the bold predictions for week 11 in the National Football League here on the Get Right on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the fan phenom. Come on. Blake Elliott, thanks for sitting in with me tonight. Um, Coming up next, uh, let's get a college football preview of the weekend, some of the storylines to keep an eye on in week 12 of college football, the penultimate week of the regular season. We'll do it next on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Get Right on 105 through the fan. You're home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Appreciate you rocking with us on this Friday evening in the Metroplex. Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the fan phenom winner, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Larry Flores on the ones and twos. And you on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. Or on YouTube, 105 through the fan. Or on twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll have a little sharing time. Just kind of share some thoughts. Have fun. Discuss. Wind down on a Friday night in the Metroplex where... Not not much uh, Dallas-Fort Worth sports happening. Your Mavs have an off night. They'll be playing tomorrow. The Stars also uh, having an off night. And so just kind of chilling, enjoying, I guess, here in the studio, we're chilling, enjoying the in-season tournament elsewhere around the league, seeing 
other NBA games going on, like the Lavender Court at Utah. Lavender, come on. This one is this one's a hit right here. Very soothing compared to, and you're not looking at this one, but I'm also uh, have another game on, which oh my, is, that's which is the, Chicago, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls Court, bright red at the United Center in Chicago. So those things kind of operate differently. You've got this bright, aggressive red, and then this very cool and passive lavender at the same time. Uh, those are kind of fun to watch at the same time. But, hey, we'll... We'll keep you updated on, actually, you know what? You don't care what's happening in this season tournament. You care what's happening on the Get Right. Yes, sir. Um, And with that being said, the Get Right loves us some college football. And it is week 12, the second to last week. It's coming to an end. The regular season in college football. And funny enough, you look at the actual scheduling. Not an incredible one, funny enough. It's not. It's not an incredible schedule of games. However, let's set you up for the weekend with some storylines to keep an eye on um, on this College Football Saturday that comes up tomorrow. In fact, with this College Football Saturday, we've got you covered here on The Fan with some games. um, And I'll I'll get you an update as to what's coming up on the schedule. But as for these top four, or these four storylines... To kind of keep an eye on for the penultimate week of the college football regular season. Storyline number one is the race for the Big 12, right? Yes. Um, the Longhorns are atop the Big 12, but they haven't made it easy on themselves. Uh, they've really kind of snuck by in some ways uh, with some tough games. Um, and so with that being the case, they still sit atop the uh, the Big 12 right now uh, with the, in the driver's seat for the title game. And Texas has won the past two games by a combined score of six points. So now they're going to go to Jack Trice Stadium, which historically has been uh, a real bad place. If you're a ranked team going to play at Iowa State they in do Ames, not play. Uh, that's, that is the definition of a trap game in college football over the last five to ten years. And so Texas will find themselves going there with Quinn Ewers at the, as the quarterback, but without Brooks. Without Brooks, and that's that the big storyline. They're going to be using a freshman and Baxter Who's got some wheels, don't get me wrong, but a freshman, Iowa State, doesn't bode well. But I think Texas still pulls it out, but it'll be an interesting one to keep your eye on. Yeah, so that's that's the the kind of, um, I don't know what's the right word. That That's the kind of uh, pressure that Texas has, and ultimately it feels like for them, just get it done is the answer. However, outside of them, there are one, two, three, four... Four teams in the Big 12 that are all tied at five and two with their conference records: Texas six and one. And remember, the top two top two uh, teams in the league when it comes to record will play in the Big 12 championship game that has a WWE tie-in for some reason this year. And so, with that being the case, that means that Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Kansas State are all in this place where these last two games matter quite a bit. And understanding that uh, the head-to-head matchups will carry the day when it comes to the tiebreaker that kind of puts Oklahoma State in the driver's seat here yeah and so you know despite getting blown off the field 45 to 3 at UCF last week great showing Ohio State can still book its trip to the title the conference title game by finishing out the road right so that starts this weekend with the Houston Cougars football team that is I mean unserious if we're going to be completely honest they they've one they're one of the teams that gave Texas a run for their money. Um, I think it's funny. The teams but, that you just named yeah. when it comes to Big 12, a lot of teams left off that I think a lot of people may have put in that running towards the end. Baylor obviously lost their quarterback early in the year and haven't been the team we expected. A&M, great recruiting class well, once A&M, again. A&M's in the SEC, but I feel you. Yeah, like all, all these teams that we expected from Texas to be good this year and then not showing up once again. 
it's hard. But Ollie Gordon's going to keep trying to prove his Heisman candidacy and help his draft stock. But it's not great when you're getting blown off the field. It's hard to do it when you're not playing in big games. But what else you got for us, Ray? Yeah, Oklahoma State is going. They got Houston this week, and that should be a win. And then next week they'll have BYU, who they're another bottom dweller when it comes to the four teams that came into the league from uh, the from the American or from elsewhere in college football. You're seeing the difference between what I guess what they typically call group of five football and power five football. You're seeing the difference that they're they're having when it comes to Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston for the five worst records in uh, the Big 12. And then again, in that same glut of teams that are trying to vie for the, the Big 12 championship game, Kansas State, um, they're also trying to hope and pray for Iowa State to win because if they do, then that would give Kansas State the chance that they would have to maybe get into the college football playoff. Um, and Oklahoma as well is in a situation where they're hoping for other people to win because they're the other 5-2 and two team that has a loss to Texas and has a loss to Oklahoma State that unfortunately kind of puts them in a bad place when it comes to tiebreakers. Is it safe to say there's a kerfuffle? Over there in the Big 12 to figure out who's going to be those final two teams. So it's a big old fight to figure out who's going to come out on top. I don't know how much of a fight it is. I mean, Oklahoma State has easy teams on the way out or through the last two games. Texas should handle their business. It's not It's not like they have tough teams, although Texas, you know, historically has made it tough on themselves hey, even when it is uh, kind of a sure shot in theory. So, in, it, honestly, it looks like, and I would bet my money on the idea that Texas and Oklahoma State match up in the Big 12 championship game. It's just three other teams that are looking there with that same record right now as Oklahoma State that also have easy ways on the way out that are just having to hope that one of those teams slips up to give them an opportunity and maybe getting in this. All right, how about some other storylines from around college football where Oregon State, uh, I imagine as as a team that is being left in the Pac-12, they're in a situation where they just want to play spoiler, right? Uh, Great way to put it. Corvallis on a Saturday evening is a place where Washington's perfect season could possibly go to die. Washington, The Washington Huskies, this is an offense that we anticipated being incredible, and it's been largely that when you talk about Michael Penix at quarterback, who is in that Heisman consideration, and the three uh, wide receivers that could easily be Sunday players uh, when you talk about Odunza and some of the other guys. Um, and so with that being the case, this is a great offense. However, Oregon State is Oregon State looks good enough to be a spoiler. They might not be good enough to be in any level of playoff considerations or anything, but they're good enough to mess it up for Washington. I, I think that's exactly what they're going to do here on Saturday. Oregon State is the perfect team to beat a Washington because what does Washington like to do? Toss the ball around the yard and not play defense. And what does Oregon State like to do? Run the ball. Martinez last week, I believe, four touchdowns. And DJU has been turning up mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. So I'm that's where my eyes are going to be on this game because in the trenches, I think Oregon State definitely has the advantage. And Washington can't stop anyone running the ball. No. And what does Oregon State do well? Run it. So I think this is a game that I think it'll be close. But I, I think Oregon State wins this one and plays spoiler, to be quite honest. Oh, wow. So yep. you think Washington will fall out? And look, Washington, early on, especially once they beat Oregon, they got a lot of validity is, oh, man, this might be the cream of the Pac-12, which has been a really good conference this year. But we've seen, like you mentioned, that defense has not been nearly as good as you need it to be to really be that considered. Not as bad as LSU's. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that's a real low bar, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, no, it hasn't been as good as you would hope to maybe give them uh, the opportunity to play at a high level. So maybe, just maybe, you're right, they're susceptible 
to losing. Might uh, I add as well, they have covered the spread at home every single game this, this year. This Oregon State? Oregon the State has covered Ooh. the spread at home every single time. So look out for it. I believe the line's at minus two and a half right now. So I'm looking for Oregon State to come out on top. Okay. All right. How about these quickly the remaining storylines for this college football weekend as we head into it? Uh, how about Iowa as being the best of the bad, I guess? Because the Big Ten West has been awful. Yeah. And, I mean, historically, over the last, I don't know, decade, not a lot of fun in there. That's the type of place where you're you're hoping for maybe a, I don't know, is a Wisconsin going to look all right? Yeah. How about, a, I don't know, an Indiana, maybe a Purdue? It's never really fun out there. But Iowa's sitting, and Iowa's consistently good. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, dog on them too bad, except that offense is never any good. In fact, offensive coordinator – um, Brian Ferentz is already known to be out of that job by the end of the season. And so with this being the case, that is the 123rd ranked offensive unit out of probably like 130-something, 32 or something like that. Is that good, Reggie? Nope, very much not good. And so with that being the case, that defense is a monster, and it's always been a monster uh, under Kirk Ferentz. And so it just it's like they're they're the best of these teams in the Big tw- Big Ten West. Battle of mid. That is just, yes, the battle of mid. And finally, storylines to keep an eye out for – in week 12 of college football, Chip Kelly's potential finale. UCLA's Ooh. head coach, Chip Kelly, um, almost universally praised when he was hired uh, back in 2017. But it seems like uh, the edge that he had at Oregon where he was, you know, keeping track of people's sleep schedule and really, you know, making making the most at the margins. He's lost that. He struggled to replicate that returning back from the NFL um, as he's been at UCLA, his record is exactly at 500 right now at 33 and 33 in his time at UCLA. In fact, it's it's at 500 also in conference play, 25 and 25. So like that is the most, the middest of mids. Mid, and they got the talent. Be. It's not like they don't got guys there. We just saw DTR come from them last year. They got talented skill position players everywhere. So I don't think talent's an, the, the problem. And like Reg just said, doesn't have that edge. And when it comes to coaching, I got a couple friends that are coaches. You got to be invested. There is not a second or day off you can take off from it. And when you're Chip Kelly and as accomplished as he is, the moment you lose that edge is the moment you're 500, like Reggie just said. Yeah, so they're in this instance where it may or may not this week actually determine whether or not he remains at that job this game against USC, but that's that's a defense that is really susceptible. But however, this UCLA defense or offense rather hasn't been all that great. And so I imagine depending on how good that offense looks against this defense and what you can do against the USC team that's pretty beleaguered, uh, might do a little bit in either helping put a little makeup on what his tenure has been or maybe expose it a little bit further on a national scale as that one's going to be on ABC at 2.30 in the afternoon. That's a lot of eyes there. And it's I imagine it doesn't behoove Chip Kelly to have a bad showing from his UCLA um, Bruins. And so those are some of the storylines to maybe keep your eye on on this weekend of college football. And look, if your eyes are busy on the road, if you're driving around the Metroplex, don't worry. We here at 105 Through the Fan have got you when it comes to college football. Um, Tomorrow morning, it'll be Will and CA from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. But after that, we got you college football all the way till the evening as, you know, you get 2 p.m., uh, you'll get Georgia, Tennessee. That's number one Georgia versus number one t- Tennessee um, at Neyland Stadium. So that's going to be on. Will the streak continue? Yeah, well, probably. Um, and then you'll have Florida and uh, at Missouri, number 11 Missouri, probably the third best team in the SEC. That one will also be on your radio airways after that first game, Georgia, Tennessee. And all of that is on your home of sports, really, in the Metroplex. Come on, all of them. 
105.3 The Fan. Uh, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's have a little sharing time and find out what we what both of us have here for you on 105.3 The Fan. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan, which is your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Thank you for Hanging out with us on this Friday evening. I'm Reginald Datatula sitting al- alongside the fan phenom winner, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Shout out to uh, Larry Flores on the ones and twos making it sound good. Thank you, sir. Um, it's an in-season tournament night on the in the NBA. And uh, your Mavs have the night off, night, thank, uh, thankfully enough. And they'll be facing the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow evening. Bucks are going to be coming into the second night of a back-to-back. And so maybe that's some level of, you know, good for your Mavericks that they'll be rested and the Bucks will have to play on a back-to-back. Maybe the bad is that the Bucks will be coming off of a crazy monster win Woo. where they score 130 points and limit the Charlotte Hornets to 99. And so with Defense all that, looking better. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it is the Charlotte Hornets yeah. who, who have, uh, you know, some propensities to maybe go a little... A little up and down, but yeah, man, uh, Giannis out here doing spin moves and dunking on folks. And so, with that being the case, uh, you get to see him tomorrow, tomorrow evening. Um, so we'll we'll be excited to see that. But also, it, the the fun things about that is that it's a challenge. So uh, it's, we love challenges here in Dallas. Come on, we're taking right. it. We'll see how Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, and the rest of the Dallas Mavericks will handle that tomorrow evening. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and have some sharing time. Okay. Yeah, so we're just gonna. Have a little fun and a conversation here. And we begin with Blake. Blake, what you got? I got a banger. I'm not going to lie, guys. This has been one of my favorite segments. If you tuned in Monday, we talked about dating. Tuesday, we talked about dating. Then we did some psychology. We did some Albert Einstein's brain. I got something a little more lighthearted for us. And I need the text line to be interactive on this, as well as my boy Reggie's. We're going to be asking some questions about the Mandela effect and see which of these is true or if you were also tricked by this effect. First one for you, Reg. The peanut butter brand, is it Jiffy or Jif? No, it's um, there's Jif. Yeah. And then there's Skippy. And then there's Jiffy Lube. But there's no, nah, it's not Jiffy. My man Reg has been paying attention. He is one for one. It is Jif. That is correct. Next Mandela effect. The Looney Tunes. How was Tunes spelled in Looney Tunes? Looney. That's T-O-O-N-S. Like it's spelled normally, isn't it? And that's what I thought, too. Apparently, it is Looney and then T-U-N-E-S, like a music tune. Okay. Yep. Yep. Very good. Next one. Does Curious George have a tail? Um, That's a great question. Uh, Is it just, it's like a little nub of a tail, ain't it? It is a nub. Curious George okay. does not have a tail in any of the books. We just like to add it. This is one I did Wait, not. Who, who is we? I, I added a tail. That was my favorite book growing up, and I could have swore he had a tail. Because monkeys, you, you would think. Fair enough. But Curious George doesn't have one. Just a banana. I, look, I have to be completely honest. Uh, there was a point in time in my life where I probably was too old to be watching Curious George. However, I the saving grace is I had little brothers who were like 13 years younger than me. And so I spent time with them and took care of them. And so with that being the case, PBS stayed on. Great program. Watched a lot of watched a lot of uh, Curious George and the, and the Man in the Yellow and all that. Oh, my. I, that's one of the best kids shows. Okay, on to the next one. The popular show watched by many around the world, especially by women, Sex 
in the city. Is it sex in the city or is it sex in the city? What is it, the correct it's term? sex and the city. My man has been paying attention. Clap it up for Reg. I didn't think you were going to get that one. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think yeah, you were no, going to get that one. Uh, obviously. Okay. For Febreze, how do you spell the Febreze logo? It's F-A-B-R-E-E-Z-E. The correct term is F-E-B-R-E-Z-E. A lot of people oh. will add a double E or an A, like you said, in the middle of it, and it is actually shorter than most people think. Okay, very good. I ain't I ain't looking to spell it. We just we just trying to get this. We snake just grabbing out of here. it. We just trying to get the snake out of here. That's all. Another spelling, Oscar Mayer. Can you spell that one for me? This is a real tongue twister in words. My baloney has a first name. It's spelled O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. There we go. Wow, guys. I mean, there's a song. Come on, guys. Reggie is hitting it on the number. Skechers, does it have a T or does it not have a T? No, it's not. It's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S. And that is insane. That makes no sense. I don't get it. Well, I mean, the fact that Skechers exists kind of is what makes no sense more than anything. Oh, my God. This is the one. This is the one. Fruit Loops. Oh, uh, well, someone just texted this, this in on the truckrick.com text line. So, I, I mean, I probably would have remembered this, but I can't say for certain, right? Like, obviously, that that cat's out of the bag from the 817. They get this right. It is F-R-O-O-T. L O O P S. Although, look, there's a, I lot of us, gotten that one. there's a lot of us that don't remember that because we got we got fruit rings, <laughs> right? The rings, yeah, fruit rings that came in the bag. Looked like it was burlap sack. That's right. Okay, a couple more to finish off, and I'll pass it to you. Does the Monopoly man have a monocle on his eye? Um. Oh. Wow, because I would have said that he would that he did, but you you mentioning that makes me realize that it's not. Maybe I guess, it's not. I'm I guess just asking. I guess we're trying to we we bring this back around with like uh what is it, Mr. Peanut? Yep. And we go we do like everybody fantasy ha- fancy has a monocle, but no, Monopoly man, he just got that uh, wild uh, beard going on. He does have the beard and the money bag, but or no mustache, monocle rather. on him today. Yeah. Another tale on Pikachu's tail. I don't know how much Pokemon you watch. Is there a black strip on the back or is it completely yellow? No, there's a black portion on it. Unfortunately, there is not black detailing on the Pokemon character detail. It is all yellow. See, I've been right all this time and I I maintain my correctness. I think that this is the one one where your whatever article that you're reading from (laughs) or whatever source material that you're reading from from is correct. Clearly, I know what I'm talking about. Kit Kat. Is there a hyphen or is there not a hyphen? No, there's not no hyphen in there. I add a hyphen in my head, but Reggie is 100% correct. No, there is no. no hyphen. And you want to know how I know that? Tell me. Talk because to me. I know exactly what the letters are because I know how much chocolate they're cheating me out of. Ain't no reason for you to write the words Kit Kat in the chocolate except for to rob me of that chocolate that should be in there. Fill those in. Yes. I know what the candy is. Yes. Give me my chocolate back. I want it. I, I love looking at these because then it, it, you don't realize it until you see it. The Fruit of the Loom logo, is there a cornucopia or not? Huh. I don't think I would have ever thought of there being a cornucopia. And you saying it is what put down in my mind because I would have absolutely gone no. Are you going? Are you locking in yeah. no cornucopia? Yeah. Are you sure? You want to lock that in? Yeah. You're 100% correct. Okay, there cool. is no like, cornucopia. Last one for us today. Spell Cheez-Its, particularly towards the end. C-H-E-E. There's a Z in here. I just can't remember where it is. It's right there. I'll give you that. It's C-H-E-E-Z. Dash I-T-Z. And that's the popular pick, but there's there's actually no Z or S. It's oh, just, just cheese it, <laughs> and we just added in our head well, as cheese. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm an African American man. We add S's on there. We had S's, and well, then we also take S's away from places where it should be. I don't yes. know why. I don't we know like who the word decided S. that that was why that that was gonna go. 
However, that is how it was going to go. And shout out to the 817 who says, because Oscar Meyer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Hey, hey, hey. And shout I've out to everybody who did not anticipate hearing the Oscar Meyer baloney song saying, you're welcome. Does the Flintstones have two T's or one? The Flint, Flintstone. It's Flintstones. It's not Flintstones. So one T. Incorrect. It oh, has it's two. It's Flintstones. I mean, which also makes more sense because Flint would be like prehistoric, like what they're trying to. Yeah, okay, fair. And that's all I got for us today on Sharing Time's The Mandela Effect. If you learned something, put it in the chat and let us know. Or if you are smart like Mr. Reggie and know most of them, also let us know in the chat. Reggie, what you got for your sharing time? All right. um, This actually was just me thinking back to this past weekend where I went to a concert entirely unplanned. I was Mm -hmm. just sitting down to watch Sunday Night Football. And a friend, friend hit me up. He was like, I got an extra ticket to a concert. And I was like... Okay. Um, he was like, "Would you like to go?" It's like, I guess. When is it? He was like, "Now." That's a good friend. And I was like, "Oh God, uh, who's playing?" And he tells me Faye Webster, and I'm like, "I have never heard this name before in my life." Who is Faye Webster? So you know, do the Google. Who is Faye? I do the Googles as anybody does when they don't know something, right? And so I went ahead and did that, and I was like, "Oh, okay. This is just kind of like a." She's like a like a folk pop singer who kind of started doing kind of country a little bit. And so I was like, huh, okay. But my friend has good taste in music. And I was like, you know what? Fine, let's go. And so I went. And one thing that I learned about Faye Webster is that, like, because she's kind of like a pop singer in a way, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of youths in there. And the thing that I realized that I guess I had never thought about because I'm 6'1", and I don't say that to brag. I just say that to give you some... Slight brag. I, I say that to give you context <laughs> because I got in there and I was like... Oh, you know what I had, not, I had not really given enough consideration to? The plight of the short person at a concert. Ooh. Like, and because, like, there's a lot Talk of... Talk to me. Talk a lot to of, me. Like, there's a lot of probably, like, 18, 19, 20-year-old girls at this concert. I'm seeing a lot of short people. And because, like, me and my homeboy, like, these are not... These are not... This is not, like, our favorite music. We're just there because the tickets are, you know, were already bought. So we're standing in the back because we're like, look, man, we're not trying to deprive nobody of what they're trying to. We're here to experience it, but we don't need to be close to nothing. And so I'm just watching short women in particular, but also some short men. Short kings. Short kings. Shout out to you. Um, do the peering over, doing the trying to snake through the, the you know, <laughs> snake through the people. And I was just fascinated at like the concert experience for short folks because like, again, Never really had to think about it that way. I'm always kicking it one uh, at artists that, you know, there's a lot more, there's a lot more taller folks. I don't know why, how that happens. I also imagine like, is there, are there certain artists where the demographic is usually taller or shorter? Cause That's like interesting. all of these things are going through my mind as I'm listening to this concert or as really as I'm listening to the opener at this concert. And so I just, I was just like, have you noticed, have, I, has that been something that you've thought about? Like the height of various uh, people at a concert? So apparently the type of concert Reggie was at was pulling in all the short Kings and Queens. And that's interesting. I think it also has to do with the arena that you're in. If you're in a stadium, you won't notice as much, but it, it was probably a little bit of a smaller venue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're familiar, it's the factory in Deep Ellum. Yes. Yeah, so a smaller, smaller venue. And that's quote unquote, a pit. There's not like seats you're sitting in. Yeah, the short people experience when it comes to concerts could be at a detriment, especially if the stage isn't elevated. I mean, and the stage is elevated, but I mean, it's only to some point, right? To some point, and you're correct. When we get when we get however many people are in there, thousands of folks in there or whatever, I don't know exactly how much the factory holds, don't hold that against me. But um, 
yeah, yeah, you, there's only so much you can do. And at that point, it also made me go, you know how tall you are. Why are you getting here this late? Mm. Like, you might need to get here a little earlier, get yourself some better footing. Because you stand at the back point. with me, and that's not the way you should do this at all. Like, at all. Yes, the standing room venue, absolutely. Um, so I was just like, wow, wow, that's that's real tough. I hate it for you. If, if, you're, if you're a guy and you're short... Do you also have to, if your girlfriend's taller, do you have to get there earlier? And then she's like, why do you want to get there earlier, babe? And you don't want to tell her because you haven't been able to see the past three concerts. Oh, <laughs> at that point, man, look, if that's your girlfriend, y'all, I feel like y'all need to be able to have that conversation comfortably. Like, you know what it is. Can he get on her shoulders? I know it's acceptable the other that's way. Wild. <laughs> Can he that's get- wild. That's wild. I don't know why I, we got to do equality. No, he wants to saying. see it's the like, concert too. You absolutely too. can. However, this is the sad thing about it. It's like, look, man, we can do equality. People still gonna look. And so, if you're comfortable with the people looking and maybe hearing some things, you know, out of, do do what you do. If you're a short king and you want to see a concert do and your you girl's do. like, get on my shoulders, I got you. I think you got to make a decision. I'm getting on Shorty's shoulders so I can see my favorite band. Or you letting your pride get aside and you're gonna miss the whole concert. I feel like or 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 buy like the VIP tickets or something like, like this. This is where you you do the uh, Lil Wayne stand on your money head, but Yao Ming like yep. do that right. Like yep. let let your money be the extra three or four inches of height for there you. you let go. let that help help you out. But that's uh, that's some sharing time for you right here on the Get Right on one hundred five three The Fan. Coming up next, we'll get you some headlines on this Friday evening on the Get Right on one hundred five three The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.